0: The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again. Glad to have you along for the ride. Nathan Miller, Tall Guy Nathan, our producer, is at the board today. And today, in our imaginations, radio being the theater of the mind, we're going to go to the Berkshires and probably beyond, as time allows, talking with our good friend Jamie Jensen. He is the author of Road Trip USA, the 25th anniversary edition has been out for a little while, Cross Country Adventures on America's Two-Lane Highways. And I regard Jamie Jensen as the king of the two-lane highways. About anywhere you want to go, Let me read from this book to you. I think this is eloquent stuff, and it regards Massachusetts. For example, hemmed in by the daunting topography of its surrounding mountains, the Berkshire region of Western Massachusetts is a world apart, blessed with abundant nature and an easygoing small-town character. The region's relaxed rural charms and its location equidistant from Boston and New York City have long made it a magnet for writers and artists, as well as a playground for the rich. So be prepared to experience a little of everything from natural splendors to high society display. And remember, it never takes more than a few strategic turns to trade plush restaurants and music festivals for splendidly rural forests as deep and undisturbed as any in New England. That's the kind of stuff we're going to be talking about today. Pilgrim's pride along the two-way, or two-lane highways, I should say, of New England generally, Massachusetts in particular, of course the Berkshires, and so much more. We'll try to fit as much of it into this show as we can. Always love to have Jamie Jensen with us. This is American Road Trip Talk. We'll be back with the interview right after this. Avoid the crush at the big name stores this season and instead give your friends and loved ones
1: the gift of authenticity from our locally owned stores and boutiques in Oregon's Mount Hood Territory. From the fashionista to the artist and the outdoor adventurer to the voracious reader, our communities will have everything you need to finish that shopping list, all tax free of course. Visit MountHoodTerritory.com slash shopping to find your shop opportunities
0: and support local.
2: Hi everybody, this is Anson Williams from Happy Days and I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon and water co-created with my uncle Dr. Henry Heimlich, created of the Heimlich maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you're studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com, very important, go to alertjobs.com and stay safe.
0: Adventure, history, and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes, while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at scenictrace.com. That's scenictrace.com. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. The aforementioned. Joining us, Jamie Jensen, of course. Jamie grew up along Route 66 in California, and he was immersed in road trip culture from an early age. Today, after driving in excess of a half million miles in search of the perfect stretch of two-lane blacktop, the joy of discovery is still strong with Jamie. He feels it every time he gets behind the wheel and heads out on the road. But he's taking a little pit stop to talk to us today on American Road Trip Talk. Jamie Jensen, welcome, sir. Glad to have you back. So happy to
1: be with you and full of enthusiasm after a recent trip all around New England and seeing the beautiful fall color and the gorgeous highways. So yeah, there's a lot to
0: talk about. We'll do our best to squeeze it all in. I have heard people for years and years before I got anywhere near that territory talk about Going up to the Berkshires, they wanted to see the fall colors. And I think what you say about the, the Berkshires or what you have written about it applies, generally speaking, to that entire region of New England. It is extraordinary, like, like the trees and the sky all together are on fire during that certain time of the year.
1: Yes. And what's nice is that time of year is most, most years is a pretty long time. So you, it's not like you're just going to catch a sunset or something. It's, it's there for a few weeks and it varies over time. So I managed to drive around enough that I caught it coming and going, but it's not just leaves. There's, you know, beautiful little college towns, you know, covered bridges, maple syrup, all kinds of fabulous old diners. So for just about whatever it is you're looking for in a road trip, New England seems to have it in abundance.
0: And it has its highlights at the same time. All that you said, Jamie, in particular, when we think of fall colors in New England, I always used to hear, as I say, about the Berkshires. How did you plan your trip? And and I guess the, the uh, subtext of this question is not only how did you plan your most recent trip, but did you think of, did you write about a kind of starter trip for people who've never done this but dreamed of going to New England in fall. Ooh, um I had a. I actually moved to Boston from LA because I wanted to
1: see something that dated from before 1945, and so I moved there and I sold skis in a mountaineering shop. So we had a lot of time getting out into the wilds in the winter and seeing these places. Sometimes you know hiking the Appalachian Trail, which is you know cuts right through the heart of New England. So there's lots of ways to to get the feel for it. But for me, it's not so much about planning the trip. It's just um, doing it and getting out and walking about, because there's so many wonderful roads. There's main highways, there's the Berkshires, there's the Green Mountains, there's the presidential peaks of of Franconia Notch and Mount Washington, the highest peak in New England, which is quite a place. So there's all kinds of things to look for. But um, for me, I just kind of follow my nose a little bit. And my theme this time was writers of New England, starting with Jack Kerouac, who would have had his 100th birthday had he lived. So that's why I started in Lowell, Massachusetts, wound around to Concord for Henry David Thoreau, went up to visit Robert Frost up in Vermont. Um, and that was sort of the theme for it, but lots of stop for maple syrup pancakes along the
0: way. Oh, I'm quite sure. Maple syrup, but enough about Vermont. <laughs> There's so much <laughs> for that tiny state, there is so much that can be said. I have spent a couple of, or three nights actually in Vermont, and you can see quite a bit of that state in just such a short time. An extraordinary place. Now, let me be a wise guy here, Jamie. I can't wait because I'm so knowledgeable about New England and its foliage. Why? I don't even know why I brought you here. In fact, I can't wait to get in the car and go straight up to New Hampshire so I can take pictures of the old man of the mountain. <laughs> I think he missed him by about 10 years because he, he fell oh. to his death not so long ago. Can you imagine if you were there the day before? And you took that picture, Old Man of the Mountain, and then maybe you're going that way again a day or two later. What? What happened here? Yeah, no,
1: I think I mean they had some some hints that it was coming because for years they were having to hold him together. If for people who don't know, the old mountain of the mountains is a kind of profile of a rock ridge that, seen at certain times of day, it looked like Abe Lincoln or an old man, and so you had this profile that people would stop. It was actually on a postage stamp. U.S. Postage put out a three cent stamp of the old man in the mountains, which to me is a sign that it was pretty well, you know, is a famous spot. And then, like you said, not so long ago, one f- wintry night it just collapsed and fell. And so there's no more old man in the mountains, but the scenery up there is spectacular. And so even without him, there's still a whole lot to see.
0: The old man for a time was featured on the uh, different styles of license plates. It was among the kinds of plate styles you could choose if you were a motorist and a resident of New Hampshire
1: with the, the fabulous live free or die as their motto. I always thought it was a little bit extreme, but the license plates all say that because they're a fairly low tax um, state, but that's a bit harsh for you. Know, most people say like great skiing or beautiful place, and this is live free or die. That somehow gives you a tense of, they're, they're serious people up there and they have to be when it's 20
0: degrees like it is right now. Oh, They're serious about their independence streak and very proud of it for sure. Tell us then, Jamie, let's go ahead for the sake of context and the flow of our narrative here in this interview. Talk to us about the trip that you took, the highlights of it, anything that stood out like, oh, I didn't see that before. What was that like this time around?
1: Well, I, um, gosh, I have been through a, a few times. I actually, wrote a book about New England some years back, and I, I started on U.S. Highway One, then fo- which follows the coast, then I cut across on U.S. Two, which goes across New Hampshire, Vermont, and all those places. And so, I, I've had, I knew the places I wanted to see. And um a lot of it this time was just to see it with the the best fall color, the best angle. So I was actually taking the time to get the photograph that I wanted, or to just go for a little walk along a creek. Cause so often it's easy to just the trouble with a road trip is that the car is so comfortable, it's hard to stop sometimes and get out and go for a walk. And I, I would encourage anyone who's planning a trip anywhere to get out and stop as often as possible. Because the great thing about New England is hearing the 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 rivers. I mean, as California we never see water right but there there's water everywhere and little waterfalls and things that you wouldn't see from the road but you walk a hundred yards down a little trail and you're in this spectacular kind of untouched wilderness in some ways
0: i had that experience myself back in 2019 when i was in new england Uh, suzanne and i drove and we were staying in boston and we drove up wanted to see maine new hampshire vermont of course And in doing so, I remember shortly after we crossed the New Hampshire state line and we decided because uh, if you're wanting to have a bit of a tipple and you go to New Hampshire, you get some great prices on the booze there because they have the state stores, which is something you used to have in Washington State where I resided. Now they do it differently. And uh, so there we were. But I looked out my window. I was driving and I remember there was this creek and some gorgeous trees. And just that spot was as pretty as a postcard, but it really was just a part of the road system. And you could see it if you turned to look on your way to somewhere else. And I thought you could build a house there and you'd be very proud of that very location, which otherwise in New England terms would be just something in the neighborhood. All of that gorgeousness. Yeah, and it, it is abundant
1: there. I mean, that, it's it's really quite magical and a lot of it is protected as parks. Like I was saying, there's the Appalachian Trail. There's um, the Green Mountain, the Green Trail. There's a lot of hiking. There's a lot of public spirited places. I'm um, cycling down country lanes, things like that. So, um, and it, it's pretty nice. The, the The winter can feel like a long time. So if I'm like now till May, there's it's it's a hard it's harder work going there. But once the economy, you know, there's a huge tourist economy there. And it really makes it pretty easy to travel. Um, the thing there isn't is a lot of accommodation. So if anyone is planning a trip, that's the one thing I would say to start planning is, is to get a few places to stay, particularly during the fall color season. Everything is sold out because it really is popular. And it is still a very rural place. There's a, there, isn't, there are two or three interstates, and even they are kind of beautiful. So in, in terms of there isn't a lot of this kind of highway sprawl that you get on a lot of road trips where you're just seeing the same fast food franchises. They're legitimate little towns and they work pretty hard to preserve them. And that makes it so much more appealing for the kind of casual traveler to just walk around and to discover things. And they're all pretty spectacular.
0: I would think you would want to Choose well enough in advance because going into New Hampshire, we did not. And we wound up staying someplace that we weren't too keen on. But that was the only place in town precisely because we did not do our planning well enough in advance. So I echo your words. You definitely want to look into this. Whether it's an inn, it's a and b which is big business up there. Choosing these places to stay can put you in proximity, I've discovered, chiefly by reading your wonderful book, Road Trip USA. Incredible. And looking at, oh, you're welcome. I mean, it's just a beautiful job and you write extremely well. You get, you get a person excited, Jamie, about going out there because they want to fulfill the language, which in, in your case, it borders on the literary. And then you go up there and you find out, oh, this is for real. You know, you can actually have these experiences and it doesn't take a lot because of the small states in the New England region. You leave Boston. It isn't too long before you're out in the splendor of nature. Well, or even like
1: semi like Walden Pond, Thoreau's favorite spot is like a half hour from the statehouse in downtown Boston. Things I mean, for those of us from out west where we're used to traveling 200, 300 miles, you know, 300 miles, you've crossed all of New England in some ways. Of course, it's slower going because you're going up and down and over mountains and you're taking in all the views. But um, I. It, it, uh, I, I find it a very appealing. It's like the Ur America in some ways because it's it has you know Revolutionary War history. It's kind of, and then there's these um, old Shaker villages that you chance upon and. I, it's a very. I, I guess I should find specific places to send people toward, but you can't go too far wrong just following your nose around New England, which is such a nice thing to have that you can. And even if you get lost, you'll find something really fun and then come back to things. And it's it's um just a very agreeable place. And I had an absolutely fantastic time with only one day of rain in two weeks, which is kind of a record for
0: me. So good for you. You timed it well. I, don't take, I take full credit for the weather. You know that. Don't you? <laughs> You know, when we talk about New England and on every hand, I mean, you just you look and here you are and then you go a few miles further and here you are again. It's a continual, joyous discovery. New England unfolds to the motorist, to the road tripper. And you want specifics. We mentioned Vermont a few moments ago. I had the opportunity, the privilege, really, Suzanne and I stopped at Queechy Gorge, which was recommended to us long beforehand, actually, before I ever knew I would be in Vermont. I remembered it. And we went to Queechy Gorge. That's the kind of place that is great for a hike and a view and multiple photo opportunities anywhere you look. It's just there and it's well-preserved to be there for generations to come
1: yeah and it's pretty spectacular it's 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 not quite the grand canyon but in a way it, it's more impressive because you can get down in it you look down it it's not overwhelming but it's just gorgeous and i think the the waterfalls and the forests and it, it's just a very appealing place to go and um explore quishi gorge is very near um the hamlet "Quote unquote" of Woodstock, which is one of the wealthiest corners of the entire planet. It was um, the Rockefellers all lived around there, and that's one thing that I find hard about New England. Sometimes is there's a lot of um, kind of privilege, and you know, it's it's a little bit exclusive somehow, and it feels like you have to have graduated, you know, first in your class at Harvard in order to walk the streets of some of these places. But it's um, I think that's changing a little bit, and it's it's more international now. And the I, I, I discovered my first French Canadian. Canadians and that they would come down to Vermont for the maple syrup and the the fall color, and just hearing that, that that's just across the board. You know, Montreal is you know 100 miles from the Vermont border, if that, and the things are so closely packed together, and the, you get the sense of history that a lot of different people have lived there. You don't. There's some even efforts to recover some of the Native American. Um, besides opening casinos, there's some effort to, <laughs> to reclaim some of the Iroquois nation. I mean, I actually s- snipped across into New York State, which looks like Vermont, but it isn't quite as uh, precious in some times. So it has the great fall color in the Adirondack. So wherever you're coming from to, to get to Vermont and on, on your way there, it's a beautiful place. And there's just so many things to see and, and do. But the food, I think, is something for people to really focus on. Because breakfast, lunch and dinner, you
0: could plan your life just around the the meals you can have okay well if you're going to go in that direction then let me give you this opening Jamie and that would be and I found this in your book it was pretty delightful just imagining myself going to a few of these places you have an eye for beautiful old school diners and that shows up in your book this diner that diner, and you talk like somebody who's been there a lot well it's both both an eye and a, and a nose i mean
1: the, the the food is good but the visuals of them i mean there's such a history of the little dining car the the famous ones that were prefabricated and kind of delivered fully made they could just drop them down on site kind of some of them were even old um like train cars that got moved from when, when a railroad would would stop working but they're real hubs of um life and culture there and they by my serious scientific study, they have the best pies. If you find a diner that has got cars outside in the evening um, or even late afternoon, because a lot of them close up pretty early, but to go in and get some apple pie, berry pie, blueberry pie is something Maine in particular does spectacularly well. And they're probably, you know, the fruit is probably picked you know, within a mile of the the diner, if if you find the right places. And that was my theme for this recent trip was doing apple picking and trying to find apple fritters, which is just like the most heavenly treat for the drivers to have a cup of coffee and an apple fritter, which is like a donut with bits of fresh apple baked into it. So, I mean, besides the culture and the the history and the politics of, of of New England, just the day-to-day pleasures of traveling and eating well, walking, breathing, um, you know, not hearing the honks of all the cars in your city. There's just a lot to uh, recommend it.
0: I would say that applies to every state in New England. I, I didn't get to Connecticut. I didn't get to Rhode Island. Maybe next time, I hope so. But for example, some of the best displays of fall colors I have ever seen in my life. And I've lived on both coasts and in between as well in Colorado for a short time. But I'm telling you, if you go to Maine and what we decided to do on one day, because ultimately we're headed to Vermont to stay for a few days. We left Maine, crossed over into New Hampshire and then into Vermont. And this is all in the course of a normal afternoon's drive because the states are small there. But what I found, Jamie, was that before you leave Maine, there are spots where you might have a bridge over a lake. And if you go the right time of year, you would swear that the woods are on fire and yet they don't burn. It was so stunning that I just, I went, I said, oh, I've got to take some pictures. Let's hold it. And I threw it in reverse, so to speak, found a good parking place. And then I just took a bunch of pictures. And there was a young lady on a motorcycle and she stopped there at the, front of the bridge on one side, parked her motorcycle there to just stand and admire. That's a. And we said hello to each other. I said, I get it. With all these colors, you just don't want to leave. And she said, yeah, I come here just to be at peace and to look at this. Once the word is out, and it wasn't crowded along this stretch, not at all, but you just can't drive across that bridge to make time or something. It's like an insult to Mother Nature. And I couldn't believe the beauty of what I was seeing in that spot and many others besides just going from one state to another, to another.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a bit. And, and giving yourself the, the time so that you can pull over and just breathe it all in or take it all in through your eyes. Cause it is like you said, it's just beautiful and it makes you, um, you know, it takes your breath away in some ways. And it, it's, it, it, it's just the, the the natural process of the trees and people. The nice thing that all the state tourism boards, they do maps of where the color is peaking, where it will be in a few days. So you can plan your trip around where the leaves are turning which is kind of fantastic to you know the one of the few great things about the internet is the access to information like that Of where are the leaves absolutely most perfect right now so you can you know head south or head north because it tends to start in the north and the color change over about a month it moves from you know the top of maine down to new york and all the way down into north carolina if you want to get you know really really brave and bold but um even within maine the or new england the if you miss the color at the peak you know, at the top of the mountains, it'll be at its absolute peak color in the valleys. And so you you'll find places like what you found. Do you remember the name of the bridge or where the, the spot was? Cause it sounds
0: kind of magical. Well, it is kind of magical. I, I don't remember the specific name of the bridge. It came to me, uh, the the idea of mentioning this during our conversation, but what I would say, if you are headed uh, out of Maine, uh, they're on, on the sort of the, uh, the the new hampshire near the new hampshire border and you know that you're going to be going into new hampshire about centrally you can't miss it just look for the riot of colors (laughs) and then (laughs) and take lots of photos you'll want to and and to go there but part of it of being up there at that time is that you can hardly lose if you're going to drive around you make those strategic turns to which you refer in your book you're going to see something that is unlike anything you've seen before in your life unless you grew up there That's the way it seems to me. And one last thing while we have about 30 seconds or so, what is it that attracts you most about the Berkshires themselves?
1: Well the, the, to me if i had to say it would be the architecture of the towns that there are places where you can walk around there's a church and the hotels and you you're out of the car which is a weird thing for talking about road trips but the the car can get you to these places but then to get out and walk around but there's a sense of things make sense in some of these towns there's like a, i mean it is there's a sense of history and culture and that it's endured for generations and generations that is to me is very reassuring that things haven't changed you know, whereas there's so many places that you're always looking to the new and what's the new attraction, whereas there you're looking at the same places that, you know, Mark Twain might have visited 100 years ago. And that's a kind of magical connection. So it's very different from the rest of America, but it's absolutely one of my favorite places to travel.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today during this brief time together. Jamie, we'll have you back soon with another part of the country to explore. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you so much and happy holidays. Same to you, sir. We will be right back. You've probably heard of Fargo, North Dakota, but we'll bet it's different from what you expected. Add Fargo to your bucket list this fall and find bold autumn colors along the Red River of the North, cow print and Mario Brothers themed murals, the world's largest dilly bar, and of course, the nicest people you've ever met. Experience North, that is North of Normal. Aiken, South Carolina, is a small southern town built on equestrian traditions, sporting fun, and outdoor pursuits. Located in western South Carolina, just 20 miles from the Georgia state line, Aiken has many unique activities to cater to each kind of visitor's needs. Welcome to Aiken, South Carolina, and welcome to the Sporting South. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Thanks so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to have our pal Erica Nelson back. That artistic lady writes well, paints well, and builds creations that are unique. She's going to talk about her latest visits, her latest tours, and all of the spectacular things she sees and creates. Erica Nelson, next week on American Road Trip Talk. Thanks for tuning in. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road.